My name is Pastor Thad Thomas of Abundant Living Ministries. Today, I want you to enjoy this message of expansion. It's only a taste of how God wants us to expand spiritually, physically, financially. If you want the full message, go to our website at ALM.org. Hallelujah. Where he don't have to borrow nothing. It's already there. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 54. Verse 2 and 3, it says, Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let, the stre- and let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles, and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. If we want our seed to inherit the Gentiles, to, inha- to make... To make the desolate cities to be inhabited, we got to do the first word. We can't have the ending if we ain't doing the beginning. Everybody wants, we want to, that word inherit means to succeed. But if you want our, our, our seed, if you want your seed to succeed, as it says at the end part of Isaiah chapter 54 verse 3, you got to do what it says in the beginning. You got to enlarge. You have to expand. You have to be willing to grow wide. You have to be willing to make room in your life. Ask yourself, is there room in my life to make more room? Is there room in my life to make more room? If you cannot make more room in your life, that means you have clutter in your life that's keeping you from making more room. And God is telling us to make room. Look at your neighbor and say, make some room. Now, as you see, we have a lot of room in this place. Thank you, Jesus. I don't have to have five services on Sunday. Thank you, Jesus. But if it comes to that, thank you, Jesus. I'll preach the first two, then Brother Jeff and Brother Lasky, and (laughs) I'm like... Then we'll go to night services. Oh, no, I can't watch football. Dolphins are going to lose all this money they're spending. They're going to lose. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you realize when I, when I say that, that's because they sealed, they, they, sealed the, they, they messed up. There was a time when the Dolphins came to this church when one of, the, one of the dolphin players died, we had a, we had a funeral in this church with the dolphins. And they were all sitting, they, they were all in the church in the, in, the, in the old building. And it was such a powerful service. And, and my father, Bishop Hugh, he gave a word and none of them moved. And that sealed the deal right there. They'll never win again. God told me, says, they, they had an opportunity and they missed it. Missed it. You don't miss God. And I say that just to, I know a lot of you all here, you know, that's, that's why I'll never buy season tickets. I'll never do I, I could care less. Because I know, I know, I was there. And it was a great move of God, and they missed it. Now, how do you change that? Those people need to repent. Ownership needs to repent. Now, they have changed ownership. Doesn't change God. You need to understand these things. And, 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 and as I preach this word tonight, you need to hear what God is saying. He is telling this church to make room. He's telling you to make room. And if you are full of clutter, you cannot make room. And you need to ask yourself, is what I have in my life really important for me to truly hang on to it is it really important for me to hang on to that because if I hang on to it, it's going to keep me from having more room and God is telling this church to enlarge itself this is the year of our expansion and God wants us to expand God wants us to expand spiritually, physically, financially. God wants you personally, you yourself, you say me. 
to expand. He doesn't want you to be the same old person that you've been for the last 50 years. Thank God you got to where you are right now. Hallelujah. But that is not the finished product. God ain't done with you yet. God wants you to enlarge yourself. God wants you to believe his word to the point where it's like nothing's impossible. The only thing that is impossible is what we accept that is impossible. Because God says all things are possible. Through who? Jesus. All things are possible. So if he's telling us to enlarge, don't think you can't. Now, the reason why a lot of us don't want to enlarge is because we've become comfortable and we have accepted where we are at. Well, that's on you. That's not God. Because God foresees you through his word to enlarge you, to grow wide, to make room. Not only in this house, but also in your home. Your dwelling place, your tabernacle. He sees you to increase in your life. Spiritually, physically, financially. And what is expanded in our lives is determine what we obey. What is it? What we expand in our life is determined in what we obey. Go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I don't know about you, but every time I read this, every time I read Isaiah 54, I get excited because I want to see it. I want to see it in my life. I want to see it in my wife. I want to see it in my family. I want to, when my prayer time, when I'm praying, I want to see it. In, I want you to see it. I'm like, God, I want them to see it. I want them to see it. I want them to see themselves expand. I want them to go beyond what they think they can do. Span your thinking. Think outside the box. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, we've read this scripture. I have read this scripture. I have studied this scripture so many times. And, and, and I'm like, Lord, why am I sharing this again? He says, because I want you to show them something. I'm like, well, what do you want me to show? And he says, as, we, as I want you to see this, there's two scriptures here. You have verse 1 and you have verse 2. And the Apostle Paul is sharing this. This is what God expects the born-again believer to be, how to live. It's like, how, how is a Christian supposed to live? Right here. How are we supposed to live every day? Right here, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. How are we supposed to act? Right here, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And it's all through obedience. See, if we're not willing to obey, nothing will happen in the kingdom of God. But if we do obey what God is telling us to do, we will be prosperous and have good success. Israel never worried about prosperity and good success until they found themselves in, enslaved, in slavery. That's when they realized, we're not prospering. We're not having good success. But when they were obedient to God, they didn't worry about prosperity or good success. Isn't that funny? That's the same way in life today. When, when, we're, when, we're, doing, when we're doing right, everything's good. But when we lack, we start to cry, we start to mope, we get agitated, we get angry. We, lot of, we let things bother us. But if you understand what God's word is telling you, how to live every day, you will overcome what is going on in the world. You will not allow what the world is doing get the best of you. You will not get caught up in it. You will not have arguments in it. Why? Because you don't have time to argue with people of the world. 
You're, in a, you're too busy being prosperous and having good success. Now, as I speak, the world is speaking their conformity of purpose, plan, and expectation. As I'm speaking right now, as I'm speaking, the world is speaking their conformity of purpose, plan, and expectation. And ALM, Abundant Living Ministries, the church cannot be associated with the world. You need to understand this. Now, how does the world bring society into, com to, to, into conformity? How do they do this? Through propaganda. Through television. Let's break that word down. Television. They are what? Telling a vision. How do they do that? Through, you ready? Programming. And every channel is what? Programmed. To tell a vision to you. How many of us are going to go home tonight and watch television? Oh, I'm not going to watch it now. But you will watch something. Oh, you don't, you don't need to watch it. Guess what? We don't need telephone. I mean, television. We have... Phone vision. It's so funny how today I was looking, I looked up, I was looking up um, LED lights. I was looking up LED lights. And it's amazing how I was looking up on my phone. I was looking up LED lights. Then I was going on Facebook and just writing something out because I wanted to write something out. And it's amazing how right when I went on Facebook, the first thing that I saw on Facebook was an advertisement for LED lights. Then I went on Instagram, and guess what? Another advertisement of LED lights. Why? It's because it's an algorithm that they follow. I don't care what search engine you use. They're all connected to it. Whatever service you use. I won't name them. But we all see the commercials on the television. No matter what programming you're watching or channel, that they're channeling that program of their vision it's like, oh, 5G has more of this. Oh, I'm going to go over to this 5G because they have more. Do you realize we hold in our hands? What do we hold? A tracking system. They'll track you everywhere they go. They know. They know. They know. Hey, Siri. Who's God? They don't know God. But they know. They follow you. Because all of you have your apps open. And all they need to do is ping you. If they, just for the, if the government wanted to, they could come right here and find us. Because we're on, we're, we're on one of the social networks. We're on all the social networks. So if they wanted to find it and say, oh... We don't, need, we don't need abundant living ministries anymore. And call it a training exercise. And we're bad. See, we, listen to me. The society is conforming people every day. Isn't it amazing how Germany did what they did? And all the citizens of, of Germany did not have a clue that all of what the Germans were doing, the military were doing, and killing six million Jews. They thought they were doing that Hitler was this and Hitler was that. And Hitler, oh, he was the, you know, he was the Messiah. Because he brought Germany back out of ruin. But propaganda, propaganda, propaganda. My wife, every day, if she wanted to eat, 
she had to go to school and sit down in front of a picture of Castro and they played for an hour his propaganda if she wanted to eat. See, the world knows how to bring everybody into conformity. But we need to understand something. This church cannot associate with the world. We cannot associate with the world. We have to associate only with the kingdom of God. Because if you want to be blessed, if you want to prosper in what's going on in the world, if you want to prosper in all that is what we see that's going in the world, you better obey this word. If you want to have good success, you better obey this word. You better listen to what God is saying. Because he said these things are going to happen. None of these things that we're living in today is, not, is none of it's by accident. You know, I was yesterday I was reading, they're talking about an asteroid. Another asteroid is going to be supposed to, it's, 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 it's huge. And they're talking about it's going to be, it's going to become one of the closest it's ever going to come close to the earth. And I put in comment and says, well, there is one that's going to hit the earth. Just read the book of Revelation. It's called Wormword. But scientists have already found it. And they call it another name. You can look it up. They call it another name. They don't call it Wormword. But if you do a translation of what they call, I'm not saying it's this one, but there's one coming. And scientists know it's out there. They just won't tell you. But God says it's going to hit the earth. So, and we don't have Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck to fly out there and land on an asteroid. It's like sending Armstrong to the moon. Anyway, we'll just move on. I have a problem with that. But God says, I've given you my word, and you need to present yourself to me at all times as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto me. I will share you not. I will share you not. God is not going to share his church with anybody. God ain't going to share his people with anybody. That's why he has a covenant with us. That's why he was so adamant with Moses when he told him and said, hey, I have to have a covenant with my people. And he, brought, and he established circumcision in, in the, into Israel because why? Circumcision represented a covenant with God that the world did not do. Now, we still have circumcision, but it's in the heart. Hallelujah. Why? Because there's a covenant there. And God is a covenant God. And he does not want his people to be a part of this world. Even though we live in this world, we're amongst the world, we are not of this world. We do not act like the world. We do not think like the world. We do not live like the world. We are to live like born-again believers. What I mean by that, holy, righteous, sanctified under God. I didn't say that. This word says this. Everything that I'm saying right now is according to this word. You can read it for yourself. It's all there. Be ye holy. And he says here, I beseech you, Apostle Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world. The New Living Translation says, do not follow the customs of this world, but be transformed. That word transformed means transfigured. When Jesus stepped off that mountain, when he had that visitation, his body was transfigured. He had a glow to himself. His body glowed. His clothes glowed. Well, when you become born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, there should be a glow, a transfigure 
transfiguration, a transfiguration out of you where you don't look like you used to do, like you used to. If I look like the world, how am I going to change the world? If you look like the world, how are you going to change the world? We cannot look like the world. We have something better than what the world can offer, and that is eternal life. Jesus, who gives life more abundantly. And he's get, Apostle Paul is explaining this to, 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 to the people. And as I'm preaching this today, we cannot be a part of what is going on in the world. Before you were born, there was ugly. And after we go on, God willing, there will still be ugly. There will still be hatred. There will still be racism. There will still be all kinds of ungodliness. Why? Because of obedience. We don't, we don't understand the true importance of obedience. And if you obey God, God will take care of you. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 and 17. It says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what a concord, concord hath Christ with Bilal? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separated, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. It can't get any clearer than that. But you don't see people doing that. You still see people dabbling. With the world, thinking, hey, this is the only way that I'm going to prosper. That is the biggest lie that you can believe in. You don't need the world. The world needs you. But if you believe that you need the world to prosper and have good success, you are believing the lie. The world needs you because you give forth life. I'm glad you can have all the money in the world, but what good is that if you lose your soul? Money is not going to get you into heaven. It may pay your bills. It may put food on the table. It may put clothes on your back. It may give you a fancy car, a fancy house, a good-looking husband, good-looking wife. Hey, but it ain't going to get you to heaven. There's only one way to heaven. That's Jesus. And in and, and the word, he says, be unequally yoked. Why do I hang out with my unbelievable, unbe, unbe, unbelieve family? It's because I want them to get saved. But I refuse to engage in their activities. I refuse to drink. I refuse to smoke. And I refuse to do any other thing that they do. Because I am not of this world. I have been transformed. And the only reason why my wife and I and our family is there is to testify that Jesus is Lord. I'd rather you don't like me now and love me in heaven. Because I'm preaching truth. That's the only reason why Jesus sat with the sinners. That's the only reason why Jesus went to... Zacchaeus's house because Zacchaeus need to be he need to be a believer he need to become a believer it wasn't because Zacchaeus had money Zacchaeus need to be get saved and the reason why God Jesus saw Zacchaeus because Zacchaeus was willing to climb out on the limb and be recognized that was an act of that was an act of faith and because of his act of faith Jesus was obligated to his act of faith to respond to him. And after Zacchaeus came down, Jesus talked to him. And, and, and what did Zacchaeus do? He saw the people look on him because 
He knew he was a publican. He was a sinner. And he saw the eyes looking at him. What did he do? He repented. But Jesus still went to his house. Where did Jesus go when he, when he, was, um, when he was making disciples? He went to Matthew's house. Matthew was a tax collector. He sat at Matthew's house. He, had, he broke bread with them. And everybody was mad at him because how can you sit with sinners? And he says, I'm here to save. I'm not here for the sick. I'm, here. I'm not here for those that are healed. I'm here for the sick. People that are well, I'm not here for. I'm here for the sick. I'm here to deliver sickness. I'm here to bring forth life. See, that's when you're involved in the world, but you, the world's not involved in you. You don't have to drink beer to get somebody saved. I don't need to smoke a joint to get somebody, a drug dealer saved. I don't need to, I don't need to buy crack. I don't need to join a gang to get a gang member saved. I don't need to get tattooed. And I'm not, a, I'm not knocking tattoos because I know there's people in here who's got tattoos. And I love you. And you can sit on the second row. I love you. And you can be my armor bearer. You can play the drums. I'm not going to get a nose ring and fit in. No. Hallelujah. I'm not going to get earrings. But if you have earrings, God bless you. I'm not going to. Hey, that's just, I'm just not me. I just don't do it. If I haven't got it now, why am I going to do it later? I'm like, I'm 50 years old. I'm going to get an earring. Honey, how would you like to me get a big old giant diamond? I'm 50. I want a tattoo. I'm going to write my daddy's name on my chest. I mean, I'm 50 years old. If I was going to do it, I would have done it way when I was a heathen. I would have been placard. I would have been placard from head to toe. Oh, yes, I would have. It would have been the coolest thing ever. I would have had Samson. I, I, I would have had Samson's in the back of my back going like this. It would have all been biblical. I would have had a giant logo. Oh, I would. Jesus saves. Oh, I would. Or David and Goliath. Oh, I would have. My legs. Oh, it would have been. But if that's you, God bless you. I'm not going to knock you. You can be an usher. You can still preach the gospel. Don't think because you're tatted or you're full of earrings or whatever, you can't preach the gospel. Yes, you can. Just preach the gospel. Don't preach the world. Preach the gospel. Let them know, yes, I've come out of the world. I've been transformed. Look what the Holy Ghost can do. If it can save somebody like me, he can save anybody. And don't understand something. Because you're not tatted or you're not, you're not earringed and you don't have this, doesn't mean you ain't a sinner. All of sin and come short of the glory of God. And the Holy Ghost can transform anybody. What I love about God doesn't look at skin. He looks at the heart. He looks at your heart. That's why I tell people, why are you wasting money on your skin? God don't even look at that. Give it to God. Don't waste it on your don't waste it on skin, because it's all it looks like a bird is gonna be a buzzard trying to get down here because you get old. I don't understand these women putting tattoos up there, and when they get old, it's all the way down here and it's a buzzard. I'm like, what is that? That's a mosquito. I'm like, that is ugly. Or they get the one right here, the belly ring. I says, ladies, don't get a belly ring. Because, you know, if you decide to get pregnant, that hole is going to... It's going to swell up. You're going to have a scar. I'm like, go ahead. Oh, I'll just get a... I'll get a tummy tuck. I'm like, whatever. But when you're conformed to this world, you think like that. You think like that. And you give something the devil to use against you to beat you up with. And God says, I don't, I, I don't care. I don't have time to deal with that. I don't have time to, uh, to deal with your skin. I've forgiven you. Let's move on. Let's move on. 
Allow the Holy Ghost to transform you. That's what a, that's what a lot of people, the reason why people have a, have a hang up with sin is because they haven't truly been transformed. Everybody has walked denial and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord. But there's more than doing than just confessing your sins and repenting of your sins. You need to let the Holy Spirit transform you so you don't want to go back to the taste of sin that got you to come forward. And that's why I'm, I am so happy that our children are up there without us so they can soak in the presence of the Holy Ghost because you, we don't understand of all the stuff, the pressure we put on our children. And we do it as a young age and we, we think we mean well, but we're harming them. And the Holy Ghost sees that. And the worst thing we can do is that when we get back and trash them and they go, oh, that was just a ah, this and this and that. Don't do that. Please don't do that because you just destroyed Everything that God did. Don't deny it. Because you weren't there doesn't mean it didn't happen. Because you may not, quote unquote, believe in it doesn't mean God didn't do it. God don't need you to believe. He gonna do it no matter what. And we have to understand that as the church... We cannot be of this world. We cannot have nothing of this world, but we have to come out from among them. That means we have to make decisions. If we want to see expansion the way God wants us to expand, we have to make harsh decisions. Have I said to a lot of my family, no, you better believe it. Have they talked about me? Yep. Have they made fun of me? Yep. Doesn't change my decision. I'm still going to pick God. I'm still going to pick this word. I'm still going to live holy. Have they not called me? Yeah. Have I missed family reunions? Yes. Because I will not, I will not, I refuse to compromise this word. I'm sorry. I love them. I pray for them. But I will not compromise. I obey this word through and through. Now, there was a time in my life where I would give in. There was a time in my life where I didn't live truly up to the standard that God wanted me to do. Why? Because I was ignorant. I was ignorant. I was foolish. I was not mature in my walk with God. Even though I was raised in church, that doesn't mean, listen, because I was raised in church, because you were raised here, doesn't mean nothing. You still got to get saved. You still got to get saved on your own. You still got to get filled with the Holy Ghost on your own. You still got to trust God on your own. You can't live off your mom and daddy, your, your grandma's salvation. I'm glad your grandma's saved, but your grandma's salvation is not going to get you to heaven. You're going to have to walk the aisle and get transformed. And it was because of that great, that saved grandma, the Holy Ghost pricked your heart to get you to come forward. I thank God for that. It's like I was telling, we were driving in the car, I was telling Olivia, and I says, you know, you can be whatever you want, but your great-grandfather said the Thomases are preachers. So you can do whatever you want, but you're a preacher. And I says, you can do it. I said, I, I, I don't want to, I said, you're saying the same thing I said. Every one of us said, we ain't going to be preachers. We're going to be A, B, C, D, F, and D. And guess what? We're a P. We're preaching. <laughs> We're preaching. Why? Because my grandfather said, and he told me, he said, you can do whatever you want. But I prayed. I was on my knees. And I said, all my, all my family, my grandchildren will be preachers. And I got some hard-headed cousins out there, the Thomases, think he can go be a hunter and he can go do that. But he knows he's a preacher. I love him. But he's called to preach the gospel because Papa Woody said he's going to preach the gospel. I thank God for that. ALM, our reasonable service is to, is to the kingdom of God. Your reasonable service every day is to the kingdom of God. We are that living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. 
Our obedience to his word illustrates the prosperity and good success of heaven, not this world. Our obedience to this, his word illustrates the prosperity and good success of heaven, not the world. Matthew chapter 24, verse 25. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. This heaven and this earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Mark 8, 36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What profits a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What profits you if, it's all, if all you focus on is money, 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 money? Don't get me wrong. Money is a tool. But when you misunderstand what money is and you begin to love money more than love of God, it becomes an idol. And back there in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we cannot be idolaters. Money could be an idol. We wake up in the morning, who do we think of? Money. We think about how much money we have because we made a finance, we have a financial plan. We have a financial goal. And by this such and such time, we have to have this much money in the bank. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you delete God out of the equation, you've made that your God. And that is where we become, we come up short. What do I mean by coming up short? We miss heaven. What good is it if you have all the money in the world and you're living high on the, you live in South Beach and you got the penthouse overlooking the most, the majestic ocean and how beautiful it is watching the sunrise. Oh, it's so beautiful. Then all of a sudden, and you die as the sun comes up. Where's the enjoyment in that? No. No, the enjoyment is knowing that God supplied everything. If you learn how to obey God, you're not going to have to work yourself silly. You don't have to work yourself silly. You don't have to, your mind is on God, not my, my mind's on my money, my money's on my mind. No. Sipping on Jenny, no, no. Wait, laid back. No. Oh, I know my Snoop. But no, my mind's on God. God's is on my money. My mind's on God and God's on my money. You hear what I said? It's a difference. My mind's on God and God's on my money. God takes care of my money. I don't need to take care of money. My mind's on God. As long as my mind is on God, God's is on my money. And that means if he's on my money, there ain't no devil in hell that can steal it, can take it. He cannot steal, kill, and destroy my money when my mind is on God and the things of God and the ways of God and the acts of God. His mind is on my money, and he's going to, he's going to prosper me. He's going, to, he's going to give me good success. He's going to navigate me where to invest into the good hundredfold return. I don't need to go look. He looks for me. Why? Because my mind is on God, and God is on my, his, he's on my money. So you need to understand these things. You need to understand the way God works, and he works through his word. Why does he work through his word? Because he wants you to be blessed. Blessed beyond measure. Even though what is happening in the world, I am not saying it's not real, because it is real. Doesn't mean we have to be affected by it. Abraham was not affected by it. Isaac was not affected by it. Jacob was not affected by it. God took care of all three of them. Israel in the wilderness because of their stubbornness God took care of them do you think oh, oh, oh my, my shoes my, 
my Dolce Gabbana's shoes. Oh, they're getting frat. I need new shoes. No, those shoes never frayed. In other words, if you walked out of Egypt with those shoes, they stayed on you for the rest of your life. Your heels. I'm walking out of Egypt looking good. Guess what? You kept those things on. Your clothes grew with you. There was no showering. They didn't like sit there and watch. You know where did you see? They, hey, God said on the on this on this feast day, you're, thou shalt wash your clothes. Didn't say that. They didn't worry about that. We laugh, but this is why God took care of them. Why? Because when when you focus on God, God focuses on everything else. And he takes care of everything else. And God, according to Malachi chapter 4, he changes not. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. And all he wants you, say me, to do is obey. Just obey. It's not hard. What's hard is not looking back. That's the hard part, not looking back. In other words, when you understand, hey, I don't have to look back anymore. I'm not looking back because that's not me anymore. I don't recognize that person anymore. I've been redeemed. I'm not that person anymore, and I'm surely not going back to that person. I didn't have to go through servitude to get where I'm at. No, I went from loss to found. I didn't have to work my way to being found. No, I went from loss to found. Why would I go back? And the only way you can go back is disobey, disobedience. And we're not going to do that, amen? amen. We're not going to disobey God. We like prosperity, we like good success. The soul of mankind is weighing in the balance. That means our family, our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends are weighing in the balance. We cannot be these type of people. We cannot be these type of people, what God was showing us. We cannot be unequally yoked. We cannot be of this world. We cannot be like Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. Wherefore the Lord said, for, for as so much as the people draw near to me with their mouths and their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me and their fear, and their fear toward me is taught by precepts of men. In other words, they have a mouth, they have, a lips of, they have lips of honor, but their heart is not honoring to God. We, so many times people will lip sync, lip sync confession. They'll lip sync, you know, of God, but their hearts are nowhere near it. And God, you can't fool God. You may fool a parent, you may fool a neighbor, you may fool a friend, you may fool people in general, but you can't fool God. Why? Because God looks at the intent of the heart. God looks at your heart. And we cannot be a part of this. Our family, our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends are weighing in the balance. And we have to be real born-again believers. We have to be people of obedience. Many family, neighbors, and coworkers and friends today are religious. They're very religious. They're, we don't even know. Now, today they don't use religious. They use their spiritual. They're, they're spiritualists. They're very, they're very, I'm spiritual. I'm spiritual. What does that mean? You pray to the air? The birds? The bees? You're spiritual. In other words, you allow whatever's out there to be a part of your life. Well, that's messed up. You wake up tomorrow and you're a Buddhist. The next day you wake up, well, I don't like Buddha didn't work, so I'm going to try Hindu. So I'm going to try Hindu. I'm going to try one of the millions of Hindus. Oh, I'm not. I'm going to be a Muslim. Oh, I'm going to be a Harry Krishna. Oh, 
I'm going to be, you know, whatever. I believe in crystals. And I put crystals all around me. What is your, what is your aura? Oh, before I go, when, when I go to home, I got to take out this, my, my, my um, sage and I got to wave, wave it around and light it on fire or wave it around and do some Indian chant and all the evil spirits will be out of my house. You wouldn't believe how many church folks do that. And they think, oh, let's have a sage party. That's what it means. And thinking that's going to get rid of the spirits. No, I don't. You're just to say, come on in. Come on, devils, come on in. Witchcraft. You just allow devils in your house. Oh, I have a dream catcher that protects me in my dreams. That's witchcraft. But we're spiritualists. Oh, I know God. Which one? Because there's only one that's alive. Which one do you pray to? Because there's only one that will listen to you. There's only one that will answer you. According to John, Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. Jesus. Ain't nobody else going to... Buddha ain't going to answer you. I've said this many times. Nowhere in the script, nowhere in the world, nowhere, nowhere in documentation where Buddha, Muhammad, Allah, any Hindu God is ever saved healed, restored, or transformed anybody. Only Jesus has. It's been documented. It's been documented. Now, they'll use witchcraft. If you, if you know anything about witchcraft, I, 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 I've seen it in Haiti. They'll, 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 they'll raise the dead through witchcraft, through voodoo, but what they don't tell you is that person that they put the spell on that they brought back from the dead was never dead. They put something on that individual that caused the person's heart rate to drop so low that you cannot detect it. And they put it in the ground. They put that person in the ground. Then that person comes back and he's zombie. He's like a zombie. It's witchcraft. But we're spiritualists. No, 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 no. Our family's weighing in the balance. We cannot be a part of that. We cannot be conformed to the ways of this world. See, the devil doesn't care if you're spiritual, if you're spiritualist. What he cares is if, if you're a person of obedience to God. If you're a person of obedience, you're a threat. You're a threat to all his, his schemes, all of his strategies. Why? Because you are a threat and you have power over him. Now, Am I scared of all those witchcraft? No, I'm not scared of them. Because I know they're going to come in this church. I know, they, matter of fact, they've already been in this church. And they can't stay. Because this place is holy, righteous, and sanctified. Our family, neighbors, coworkers, friends today... They have a form of godliness, but they're denying the power there are for such turn away. They're denying it. They deny when they recognize themselves as religious or spiritualism, spiritualism, they are denying the power thereof. God is not about religion. Jesus did not come and bring forth religion. He brought relationship with God. We can have a relationship with our heavenly father. And as the church called by his name, we have to change this ideology. We have to change this ideology that's in the world. And this world, this ideology of the world and changing you and causing you to conform in its ways and however they're doing it. We have to change this ideology. We have to determine which side is going to control us tonight. Obedience is the only key to changing them. Letting obedience controlling us speaks for itself. It shows God's outcome. What is God's outcome? Prosperity and good success. It shows God's outcome. I love this. I wrote this down. Let me see if I have it. Do I have it? Do I have it? Do I have it? I guess I don't have it. I think I took it out. I wrote it down. 
I took it out. Never mind. I wrote this down about the evidence. The evidence of God. See, our evidence obedience. The evidence of our obedience to God is prosperity. And good success. That's the evidence. That's our evidence. And God is looking at you to show forth his, that evidence of prosperity. His pro- what I mean by prosperity? Heaven's prosperity. What is true prosperity? Salvation. That is true prosperity. That no matter what is happening, in the, no matter how hot it may get, you're still saved. Even though Heathrow Airport is melting, you're still saved. Even though a transformer at the Hoover Dam blew up, you're still saved. You're not worried about whatever conspiracy that's out there. No matter how hot the climate may get, as long as the earth remains. No matter how, you have true prosperity, salvation. You have true prosperity, you have good success in what? Healing. Prosperity and he, good success is the outcome of obedience to God. And we are the evidence of it. And that is my prayer that everywhere you go, you show forth that evidence. No matter what is going on, you show the evidence of heaven's kingdom working in your life. You are going to prosper. When everybody else, it could be your family not prosper, but you are going to prosper. It may be your neighbors may not be prospering, but you are going to prosper. Your, your, your friends, your, whomever it may be, they're going to see the prosperity of God working on your behalf. Why? Because of obedience. This is all attainable. Everything I'm telling you right now is obtainable. It works. It works. Doesn't matter the season or time. It doesn't matter what's going on. Ecclesiastes chapter talks about times and seasons. Why is the climate changing? Because of times and seasons. Has nothing to do with the elite is trying to make more money off you. But that's what they're doing. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Nothing what is going on in the world can affect the obedient. Why? Because the Holy Ghost will tell you to prepare before it ever happens. There ain't nothing in this world can happen without the Holy Spirit letting you know what to do. That's why I don't fear what's going on in the world. That's why I'm not programmed by what I watch on their television. I'm not programmed by it. I'm not going to let them channel the junk that they're challenging, channeling to me. I turn it off. I turn off the propaganda. I laugh. Today I was laughing at the propaganda. I was literally, I said, thank you for giving me. And I, and I, and I put in the quote, in the comment, thank you for giving me a great laugh. You've made my day. God bless you. Because I laughed at their propaganda. Because nothing can happen to me and my house if we're obedient. Because if something's coming, the Holy Ghost will tell us. The Holy Ghost will tell you. God will tell you why. Because God watches over not only his money, the money, but he watches over you. As long as your mind is on God, God will be, his, he will be watching your money and he will be watching you. Because he knows it takes money to preach the gospel. To establish the kingdom of God. Has this blessed you? What side are you on? Whose side controls us? 
So important every day. Who is going to control me today? Because whoever controls you determines the outcome of what that day is going to bring. Who controls you? And I pray that you, every day, you start yourself, your day with the word of God. You start your day with the word, and as, as you start your day with the word, you ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you and protect you, that you ask the Holy Spirit as the words that I have, I have studied, that I have applied, that I have put in my life, let it come alive in me so I can be a witness of the truth of Jesus Christ. I don't worry about money. I don't worry about nothing. I just keep my eyes on Jesus. You don't need to worry about it. If you're obeyed, if you're obedient, God is watching your money. God is watching you. That's why I can go anywhere. I ain't worried about it. I ain't worried about monkeypox. I'm not worried about ninja virus that just came out. They just called it ninja virus. It's a ninja virus. This new variant. Monkeypox, ninja virus. I'm not worried about it. Come next week, my wife and I, are going to be relaxing, <laughs> eating. Hmm? Sand in our toes, playing with the fishes, eating the fishes. Pa Pastor Diane will be all the way in Missouri. Branson, hanging out with Elvis. I don't know. <laughs> but understand something, next week, you can't go with us, Elijah. You don't like me. But come next week, even though this church his office is closed. Doesn't mean we don't have church. We are still having church on Wednesday, and I will be preaching. You need to, if you don't have Facebook, get Facebook. If you don't have YouTube, get YouTube. So we're going to be preaching the gospel. Don't think we're not going to be preaching because we are. And during the week, I'll be probably, hopefully, God willing, as I get inspired by the Holy Ghost and relaxing with the sand between my toes, working on this awesome tan, coming back. Beautifully dark like my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'll be sharing some stuff with you because I want you blessed. But I can't make it for you. You got to make it for yourself. And the only way you're going to do that by making it is being obedient to God. That's what my house is. That's what me and my house is doing. We're obedient to God's word. We're not going to be conformed to this world. We're not going to be unequally yoked. We're, we are connected to God. He is our provider. Jesus gives life to that provision. Holy Spirit gives us the resource of that vision. We are the recipients of everything that God gives us. And it's through obedience that it's achievable. And I'm telling you, y'all going to be blessed if you obey God. I believe in faith, and faith is important. But if you don't obey, how's faith going to work? You got to obey God. You got to obey. Faith won't work if you're not obedient. Same goes with loving God, loving your neighbor. If you're not obedient, how are you going to love God and love your neighbor? How are you going to read, study the Word? How are you going to, how are you going to pray? How are you going to, if you're not obedient? But if you do, God will bless you. And God will prove it to you. As he proved it with Israel, he'll prove it to you. But you got to make an effort. Praise the Lord. Get ready for expansion. You may be watching today and you desire to be saved, healed, restored, and transformed. Today is your day. Just say this with me. Jesus, save me from my sins. Heal me from my sicknesses. 
Restore me back to God. Holy Spirit, transform me to kingdom status. I confess you, Jesus, as my Lord, King, and Savior. If you did this today, welcome to the family of God. Until next time, remember, Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus restores, and the Holy Ghost transforms.